a big warm welcome to Daniel Carrington from Pet Shop Boys and Dr. Kimberly Earle from the Edgeworth Animal Medical Centre. What is it like out there? Is it a little cool and cloudy? Cool and cloudy. Are we going to have to put the doggy coats on? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> uh, unless you've got a Siberian husky or a Malamute. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting. I was driving along the other day and I saw an alpaca, a baby alpaca, oh. with its little coat on. And I thought, so oh, that was very oh, cute. So cute. Yeah. Really blew up the cute meter today. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Um, well, I thought if we have time, we'll talk about eye problems in pets. And Daniel? Well, look, it's an interesting program that's running in our schools called uh, Responsible Pet Education for the Children. So we'll be talking to Vicky Collins, who helps run some of those programs, about what is taught to our children in schools about how to interact with dogs. Excellent. Joining us on Pet Chat today is Vicky Collins. Vicky's from the New South Wales Responsible Pet Education Program, chatting with Daniel Carrington. Hello, Vicky. Hi, how are you? Great to have you on the show, Vicky. Look, um, this is a fantastic program initiated by the um, the state government, the New South Wales government, and uh, you cover areas that uh, Stroud, um, you come from Stroud, but you cover schools in the Great Lakes area, Hunter Valley, Port Stephens and, and Tari areas with your two dogs. One's a Borden Collie, Zach, and the other one's an Australian Shepherd, Link. And it's, uh, it's great work that you do, but can you tell us, uh, about the New South Wales Responsible Pet Education Program. Yes, I can. It's a program run by the New South Wales government, as you said, to educate children on how to live safely with dogs and to be a responsible pet owner. There are three levels to the program. The first is We Are Family, it's called, and it's for the 0-4 age group, and parents are given the opportunity to access that through their antenatal classes at the hospital or the early childhood centres. The second part of the program is living safely with dogs, and that's the preschoolers, four to five-year-olds, and their parents. And the third is living safely with pets, the five to eight-year-old primary school children. We use stories, songs, role plays, and visuals to make it a positive educational experience for the children when we visit the school. You mentioned um, the stories and songs and the visual. Like you, I, I was on the website. You provided a link, and I could see there was a video and there's like a game you can play. Is that correct? Yes, it is. That's, um, that's a, a website um, called Pet Town, and it's a, an interactive um, website for children to learn more about what they've gone through with their, our presentation. Now, you mentioned the three stages, so there's the younger kids, like you said, childcare, then there's infants and primary. Can you tell us in those different stages, what are children taught? Okay, the preschoolers are taught when and how to safely approach a dog um, and how to tell when a dog is happy, whether it's scared or angry, um, the times when a dog should be left alone, things we shouldn't do with a dog, like hugging and you know, um, staring at a dog, um, and what to do if they're approached by an angry or an un- unknown dog. The parent session with the preschools focuses on active supervision, secure separation and the key risk behaviours which are often associated when the child's playing with the dog and when the dog should be left alone. Mm-hmm. In the primary schools, we then reinforce those same safety messages but then we introduce the topics of like the vet care, registration and identification, security and housing, confinement, health and exercise and food and water and, and our responsibilities as a pet owner. It's a very comprehensive list. So does it take long to cover these areas with the different age groups? Each session is 40 minutes. Hmm. Okay. So there's, there's a lot to go through, but it's very interactive for the children and they really enjoy it. 
um, and they get to meet and greet the dog um, as well. But yes, it does, a session takes 40 minutes. That's the next thing I was going to ask. So you bring your dogs along um, mm-hmm. and the kids get to play with them and, and, and check them out, I guess, and have a look at them. What, how, how do you choose dogs to be a part of this program? Okay, well, you choose your dog. The dog's got to be a happy, healthy and relaxed and confident dog. Um, and yes, they do come with us into the classroom and they get to, uh, the children get to actually learn how to walk up to a dog and meet and greet it properly. You know, let the dog say hello to them first by smelling their head and never patting the dog on the head, just patting it gently along its back. Um, they need to be comfortable and relaxed in a crate while I do deliver the presentation and sing and dance. Um, and enjoy coming out of the crate to get patted. Um, so you, you choose your dogs like that, and then they go through a suitability testing by independent testers. And um, that involves things like you know, noise around them and their confidence and their comfort in those sort of situations. What's um, hoped to be achieved by running this program in educating the children in our schools? Okay, Australia has one of the highest rates of pet ownership in the world, and dogs have such a positive role in our family situation. But there is also a high percentage of dog attacks being in the 0 to 8 age group. And many are occurring within the home environment by their own dog or a dog known to them. So it's important to educate the children and the families to ensure that the dog and child relationship is not only physically and emotionally rewarding, but safe as well. So we teach them how to be safe around their dog by not doing the things that dogs don't like. In, have you come across children in the, in the schools that have no pets or haven't had much to deal with in regards to dogs? Are they really frightened when they come to you towards your dog and, and do they get over that? If they do, you can start a session and the teachers will you know, um, point out the ones that are fearful, anxious and scared of dogs or animals. And they'll, um, you know, sit at the back away from the dog, but the dog is always under our control. They're always on the lead or in the crate, so they're always under control. And by the time you go through the presentation and teach them the, the ways to be safe around dogs, they're usually the first ones to put their hands up to pat the dog. They've got that confidence from what we've gone through. I uh, had a young girl a couple of weeks ago, and she would, she would be in tears around dogs, and so her grandmother came into the session because she was such, had such a phobia. Um, and she sat at the back and you could see her starting to relax and she was the first one to stand up to go come and pat the dog because she got that confidence to know this dog's under control and I know how to do it safely. That's, that's lovely and uh, it's a really nice story when that can happen. grandmother and I were a million tears, yes. Yeah, it, it would have taken a lot of courage on her part to do that, but she did it. She was first. <laughs> she was, yes. Vicky, you mentioned angry dogs. So what do you teach children if they are approached by an angry, angry dog? We teach them to stop and stand still and not to run away because the dog will chase them. We teach them to... Um, stand very still, we teach them to stay very quiet and not scream and yell because that makes the dog angrier. We teach them not to um, stare at the dog because dogs don't like to be stared at and an angry dog will just get angrier. So if they do those things and keeping their hands down by their side and not trying to either touch the dog or wave their arms around in fright, but if they're standing still, keeping their arms right down, 
down, staying very quiet and not staring at the dog. An angry dog has got nothing to chase, nothing to bite, and it's not getting angry or it will get bored and it will move away in most cases and then the child can back away and go and tell a grown-up. And that's what we teach them to do. That's great information. Vicky, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. I'm really proud of our government to have initiated this, this relatively new program into our schools and it's certainly a really good move. Thank it you is. very much. Thank you, Danny, so much for listening to me about our program and we're very proud to um, be part of it. Vicky Collins there from the New South Wales Responsible Pet Education Program and it really does sound like something that all of our kids should have the opportunity to see in their schools. It's Pet Chat this afternoon and uh, we've got Eve on the line. Hello. Hi there, how are you going? Good, thanks Eve. What can I help you with? I have a one and a half year old little cavalier mm -hmm. and we want to have her inside with us but we just can't seem to toilet train her and we give her lots of opportunities to go outside throughout the day and the night and she'll come inside, give us a cuddle and then sneak off and, you know, do a number two in the house and then come back for a cuddle and all of a sudden we'll stand up and the children and I'll go, what? Okay. And we just can't seem to stop her from doing it and I'm, we're, we're running out of ideas right. other than having her outside all the time. Yeah, so is she, is she um, weeing and pooing in the house? Yes. Yes, okay. And has she ever been trained and lost it or she's just never been trained? Uh, well, what, what she sort of goes really well and then regresses. Okay, all right. So there's a couple of different things. So um, if it was just we, I would say definitely we want to get a urine sample into a vet and make sure she hasn't got a urinary tract infection. And that may not be a bad idea because we certainly do see a high rate of urinary tract infection in female dogs. Um, mm -hmm. And that will cause them to have a difficult time. You know, they, they, they feel an urgency and they can't do anything about it. Yes. Um, but we mainly are, number twos. Mainly number twos. Okay. It is. So, yeah. so what kind of feeding regime have you got? Do you feed her set meals or does she graze? Uh, no, she gets set meals in okay. the morning only now. She's gone down to one meal a day. One meal a day. Okay. Yep. So what you might morning. need to do, um, one of the things that I recommend often with puppies when you when owners have new puppies is um, to use a technique called crate training, okay? So dogs have an inherent desire to keep their, um, their bed areas clean, their sleeping areas clean. And with crate training, what we do is um, we give them a bed that's a nice small area, so big enough for them to, to be comfortable and for sleeping, but not big enough that they can, you know, sort of move to the other side and feel like they're in a separate area that they can, you know, that they can toilet in one area and still keep a bed clean. So yes. for a Cavalier, we're talking, you know, like a little um, a crate that you'd bring them to a vet in or something like that. You know, you'd put them in the car, a fairly small sort of crate. Um, and then we, we basically go back to sort of basic steps. So um, she's not in the crate all the time, but she sleeps in the crate at night. She comes out in the morning and first thing before she gets anything, no, we don't sort of greet her, you know, with excitement or anything like that. We take her out to the toilet somebody's got to go out with her um give her her toilet word pick up a word so that she's got a command um yep. take her out to the toilet and we give her an opportunity to toilet then she comes back in and she has breakfast and immediately after breakfast she goes back out because eating often stimulates them to go to the toilet again okay yep. um yep. and then she might have a little bit of playtime provided that you've seen her do all the you know toileting that she needs she might have a little bit of supervised playtime um but as soon as she's not being directly supervised she goes back into the crate okay and she might stay there for um you know a couple hours even if you're heading off to work that sort of thing um and then um I ideally she'd get out you know after maybe lunchtime that sort of thing come back out first thing she does go out to the toilet um have a little walk around somebody goes out with her and sees that she does things the, the idea behind it is that um we always know that we're sort of playing on that that desire to be clean 
So when yep. she's in there, hopefully she's not making any messes. Then we're giving her the opportunities to go and do it. And any time she's not being directly supervised, she goes back into the crate. Now, we're not trying to keep her locked up for significant, you know, we're not trying to keep her locked up for 23 hours a day. Um, but it's not inappropriate for her to be, you know, confined to a relatively small space for, for significant portions of the day for a short period of time. We're talking hopefully, you know, three weeks, she'll, she'll get it sorted out. And she still needs to be given opportunities to come out and exercise, so hopefully somebody goes outside with her, maybe the kids run around with her outside. Yeah, yeah, all the time. We, we want to use um, a code word, not a code word, but a command word, so pick something that everybody in the house can use so that we can start to give her the idea of what we want her to do. So when she goes outside, you might say toilet or um, something like that. And when she does it, we give her lots and lots of praise. Good doggy, good toileting. That was really, really good. Um, and then when you take her outside, you know, you're giving her that command. We're just repeating it over and over again. So she starts to get the idea that, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. But she's yep. clearly not at a stage where we can trust her loose in the house. Um, right. And what we want to do is we don't want to let her practice the behavior we don't want her to be performing. So by not giving her the opportunity to make the mistake, we're not sort of letting her think that that's an okay thing to do. And does that training include she's not allowed to have any free outside time? Because during the day, uh, if we work, you know, there'll be three yeah. days a week where she spends that time always free outside. From no, free outside time is fine. I mean, as long as as long as you're not, you know, particular about what part of the backyard or the garden she's going. No, not in. at all. Free outside time is fine. But when she's in the house, she should be directly supervised or in her crate. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and just a nice little small one. You're saying yeah, it's something like a cat something, crate almost. Yeah. So she needs to be able to stand up, turn around, stretch out while she's lying down, but not move to the other side and you know sort of toilet in there. So what, and what if she becomes distressed in there? Um, they often do for the first little while, but most of the time, you know, you can have some toys in there with her while you're initially getting her in. I would give her a few little treats, as she, but I wouldn't sort of feed her meals in there because we okay. want also to, to make that predictable to when her meals are. So right, she, she'll probably get over it. It takes a couple of days, though. There is a lot of information on crate training on, on, online. Yeah. You can Google and have a look. But the other thing is, is just you can just put her in there for even 30 seconds yeah, to begin with and, sure. and let her out. And then five minutes later... You know, put her in there for 45 seconds and let her out, just slowly so that she knows, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm in here, but I also come out. Yeah. I'm not yeah. stuck in there forever. And we're not yeah. trying to use it as punishment. You'll find that a lot of dogs um, will develop an affinity for the crate and they'll use that as a bed, you know, down the track. What I'd like to do, though, is because you have had some issues mm -hmm. with um, her peeing inside, yeah. um, if you can hold on to the line, we can organise a free urine off product yeah. that helps with great. cleaning and getting rid of the smell of the urine from the pet in your house because the problem is when the smell is there even if you've cleaned it with disinfectant and yeah. household products the dogs can still smell it and they will go back and, and, and urinate yeah. in that and spot and do she does she does have her preferences yes place. that's yeah. right so if you just hold on to the line i can talk to you about how how to get that free product from us thanks very much thanks good luck we've got len here from stockton yes hello len how are you three we're good thanks len how can we help you with your puppy Okay, I've got a nine-year-old Maltese cross. Yep. And she's she's fabulous. Um, the only thing is her eyes. She's starting to sort of weep from her right eye more than her left eye. Yep. And she's starting to get brown stains down the side of her nostrils. Okay, yep. And, that's and, the, and then the, the, the little stuff sort of builds up, so she's, I've got to keep wiping the the the... The fluid, I think, that away. sort yeah, of sits on the, on the side yeah. of the eye, yes. Yeah. 
And is this a new problem? She's never had it in the past? Well, um, a couple of years ago, she had sort of a, a problem, mm-hmm. and I got some 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 stuff called Choropet P. Okay, yeah. C-H-L-O-R-O-P-T. Chloropt, yep. Yep. But that was issued on the, uh, where is it, the... Um, a while back, anyhow. It doesn't matter the, about yeah, the exactly. date. The 16th to the 8th, 12. Yeah. So, but, and I didn't want to use that because no. I thought it might be too old or something. Or yeah, that's right. It, it may not work very well. So what I would say, Lynn, um, is any time we have a new problem with eyes, then I definitely would take her back up to your vet and have them looked at. And particularly as a nine-year-old dog, she may be developing some of the more chronic conditions that we can see. Um, so in particular, things like dry eye, where they're not actually producing enough tears. And so... Um, they, they develop sort of a thick mucoid sort of discharge that, that you know, can become persistent. Um, yes. There could be some conjunctivitis there. Um, you know, Chloropt is a, is a prescription strength antibiotic, so we want to make sure we're using it in the right sort of um, circumstances. Um, from a day-to-day basis, certainly just wiping away with a moist tissue can be helpful, but I think it's worthwhile probably, if, if this is a problem that's sort of re-emerging, it's probably worthwhile getting her checked out by a vet. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Good on you, Lynn. It sounds like someone else is trying to get through to you. They've probably heard you on the radio and trying to give you a ring now. All the best with your lovely little Maltese doggy. Good on you. Now, Lynn from Gresford has a dog that's unsettled after a move. Hello. Hello, Lynn. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, but Sam isn't. Okay. She's 16 and a half year old. Yep. And she is still very unsettled. We move three doors down and okay. if she goes missing, I go up to where we were and there she is. Yes, okay. And so is Sam an inside dog? Is she in the house yes. with you? Yes. yes, we let her out to do a business. Mm-hmm. She normally barks at the door to come in in about five minutes time but okay. if if she's a bit longer we go looking for her right and how long have you been in the new place since the middle of may okay so it's a pretty recent move in, in dog terms that's a pretty recent move still and remember she's an older dog so she's not going to learn as quickly as a young dog will she will learn um Certainly, you know, even though you've only moved three doors down, in one instance, that, that's probably a bit confusing for her because on the one hand, the smells inside the house and the, the layout of the property, it'll all feel a bit, you know, it'll all be different to her. But at the same time, the, you know, the sounds on the street and things like that are probably much the same. Um, and so it, it's almost a bit more confusing than if you had moved three blocks away because everything would be different, whereas for her, some things are different and some things are the same. Um, so, you know, there could be a, a degree of anxiety there, and you might want to look at trying something like um, one of the dog pheromones inside the house, so um, the, the adaptal, um, oh, what do you call it, where you diffuse it, where you stick it into the wall and it sort of warms up a little bit. You won't smell anything, but she will, and it'll sort of just help to give her a sense of ease and calmness, and that will mean that she will want to sort of find that again so she'll you know can help her to home in on the comfortable place in her life mm-hmm. um, I, I think and then when she's inside yeah. she spends most of the time sleeping in our bedroom mm-hmm. okay so i mean she's a 16 and a half year old dog most 16 and a half year old dogs spend most of their time sleeping somewhere oh um, uh, beforehand when yeah. we were at the other place she'd be on the lounge but okay. but 
she won't go on the land. She'll go in the corner in our yeah, bedroom. Right. Yeah, she's probably just looking for a nice, safe spot. You know, things have changed for her. She's a little bit unsure. The adaptal is quite good at just giving these guys a bit of a sense of um, uh, calmness and peace and reducing their anxiety a little bit. If Where will I get the adaptal? Um, uh, you certainly can get it from um, vet hospitals, but some pet shops have them as well. Have you got them, Danny? Um, Usually, or uh, yeah, mainly mainly vets carry them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'll get it from my vet. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be worthwhile. And you can speak to them about if it's if she's too anxious. There are some medications that can be used as well. Okay, thank you. No worries. Right now, Barry, how can we help you? Hello and welcome. Hello. Um, thank you. Um, we have a little Maltese cross. Uh, she's a rescue dog. Yeah. Uh, we got about six months ago. Okay. And she suffers from epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, she's on, uh, oh, what do they call it? Phenobarbitone? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but I've, I've been reading up about um, this one that they use. Oh, there's a lot of people been using it. A new, a new one that's been released? It's uh, Neuroflex. Neuroflex, okay? Yeah, yeah. apparently it's, it's, it's uh, quite commonly used in America. I can't find anywhere in Australia where it's, where it's available. No, I've never heard of it actually, in fact. Yeah, it yep. contains cinnamon, ginseng, licorice, and silkworm, amongst other things. I couldn't find out what the other things were. Right, okay. Sounds like a herbal preparation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Dr. Dr. Whitehead uh, okay. in America is a vet, vet over there for dogs of it. Sure. And uh, he uses it and he spoke about it. Okay. And it's supposed to be um, Better. not a miracle cure, no. but... Uh, is she well... Somebody, con- is your little dog well controlled on her phenobob? How many... Is she having seizures? No. More uh, than uh, she's, month, had, she's had two in the last couple of days. Uh, okay. Then one day she had five. Right. Okay. Um, and... So uh, any time... Any time we have seizures, a dog is seizuring more than three times in a 24-hour period, we yeah. would say that they're having a cluster seizure, and that is an indication that she needs to go to your vet, okay? Well, we've been to so, the vet and all yeah. that. Um, she's and been under, under vet care for a while since okay. she was rescued. Yeah. And um, they got her down to, at one part, she, when we got her, she was half, half a tablet, a 50-milligram yeah. tablet, okay. I think it is. Um uh, morning and night. There's a, there's a brand new drug that's just been released in Australia. I went to the launch of it last week, in fact, um, that your vet should hopefully know about now, and, and you certainly can ask them to look into it, um, that can be used in addition to phenobarbitone. And that's probably the thing that I would say at this stage, that if the phenobarbitone is not um, you know, controlling her seizures, that we should maybe look at adding an additional medication on. So um, potassium bromide is a, is a drug that we sometimes use, and that's an older drug, but there's a new drug, um, Pexian, I think it's called, and um, and it may be helpful in this sort of instance. Um, making sure that she's getting routine blood work as well, because certainly Maltese dogs um, can have some other liver problems. It depends on on the age of the dog. Um, but I definitely get her back into your vet and let them know that the sur- that the epilepsy is not well controlled, um, and have them look into this new drug. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then Barry, look all the all the best with that, and we really do hope that your little doggy is going to be okay.